Hey, welcome to the podcast of C3 Los Angeles. I'm Jake Sweetman, and together with my wife, Nicole, we lead this church. We're glad you're here, and we pray that wherever you're tuning in from, that you are encouraged and strengthened by this word. Here's today's message. In Luke chapter 10, you can jump to your Bibles in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. I'm reading out the ESV. This is what it says. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha, Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Jesus, I'm doing this by myself. Can you not tell her that, that, that she needs to help me? The Lord said to her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Father, in Jesus' name, help me preach this message. Holy Spirit, it's so evident that you are here. Would you speak to us? Amen. I love getting tasks done. Anybody love getting tasks done? I love doing tasks. I miss the task. I miss the clean. I miss the prepare. All the tasks that need to be done before the end of the week. We have Saturday. It's called Chores Day. I've started integrating it into my household. We have a baby on the way. I want to get everything together before the baby arrives. And um, my wife's not very fond of it, but I said, hey, if we don't get Chores Day locked in now, the babies won't know when Chores Day is. So Chores Day is now Saturday. Before you even leave, before you think about what you can do, where you're going to go for brunch, we got our chores to do first. I love getting my chores done. I love getting my tasks done. A few months back, Pastor Jake and I were trying to uh, get together to do message prep. And um, this particular Saturday, I hadn't done my chores. (laughs) And uh, we were going to go meet up at the church, but it turns out we didn't check our calendars. We didn't realize that worship team were doing something in in the church. Always happens to be on a Saturday evening when we want to message prep. And so Pastor Jake said, bro, dude, there's something happening at church. Can we go to your place? Can we prepare your place? And here I text yeah, bro, no worries at all. Let's do it at mine. Send. Cool. Be there in 20. I said, cool, bro. I looked up. And I noticed the mess of an apartment I was sat in. There's dirty laundry over here. The dishes are in the sink, piled up. The windows need to be windexed. Oh, my goodness, the toilet? What is in there? You bet, I had 20 minutes, I cleaned that toilet, I did that Windex, I did all the dishes and put them away. The dog, just cleaned the dog mess. What's, what are you doing? 
This is the most productive 20 minutes I'd ever had in my entire life. I have never done chores so fast because I knew that Pastor Jake would be pulling up. And just as he pulled up, I put the trash in and wiped the sweat off my brow and pretended that nothing happened. How's it going, Pastor Jake? Bro, so good to see you, dude. Been waiting for you. <laughs> nothing happened. I realized in that moment that I'd done my chores so fast because of the motivation. I didn't want, to, I didn't want Pastor Jake to see my mess. I didn't want Pastor Jake to notice the mess of my life. Yeah, fair enough. I wanted him to feel welcome. I wanted him to walk up and feel like he was a guest. I wanted the place to be clean, but above all of those things, my main motive was I didn't want him to be sat in my mess. I didn't want him to judge my mess. Clearly, Martha and I, we had something in common. The only difference is Martha didn't have a cell phone. She couldn't receive a text 20 minutes earlier. I don't know, maybe Jesus already rocked up at her door and attended. Maybe it was in the schedule. Maybe she had forgotten, but Jesus had arrived in the midst of her mess, and he sat in the midst of her mess. What a picture. Martha, you clearly didn't have a system. <laughs> I'm going to show you how to clean the house in 20. Clearly, you didn't schedule Mary on Alvanto on cleaning team. That's a team quest. That's a team joke. <laughs> I love Jesus because Jesus didn't rebuke her. There was nothing wrong with what she was doing. But she was anxious because she misprioritized the tasks and the to-dos rather than running into his presence. It was about three or four years ago, I was out doing my Boxing Day shopping. Anybody know about Boxing Day? It's a few of us. Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. In the UK, it's kind of like uh, Black Friday sale. So for this story, maybe I'm about to say, I was out doing my Black Friday shopping. I'm not twisting the truth. I'm just adjusting it because I understand who my audience is. <laughs> I was out doing my Black Friday shopping. And uh, how many of you do your Black Friday shopping and you know intentionally what you're going to buy? There's a few, there's two, three, two, three of you in the room. The rest of us, we just go in <laughs> 75% off. I'm there. Let's go. Black Friday for me is all about getting a bargain. That's all I'm there for. I'm in the shop for a bargain. So I'm roaming around the mall and I'm looking for 75% off or more. Anything below that, it ain't worth it. So I see a store, it says 75% off or more. I'm in there. I'm raiding through the rails. Just going through it. And I, I go big pile of clothes. I don't know where they are today. I think they're sat in the Salvation Army, but at this particular time, I grabbed all these clothes, and I put them on the register, and I smiled at the lady, and she said, just before she was about to scan it, have you found everything that you're looking for, sir? What? I was shocked. Have I found everything I'm looking for? Like, 
I came in here for a bargain. I, I got a bargain. And she starts checking the mountain of items. I begin to think, have I found, have I found everything I'm looking for? It wasn't, have you found everything you wanted? It wasn't, have you found everything you needed? But have you found everything that you're looking for? So I titled my message today just that. Have you found everything you're looking for? We could probably agree that we're all on sort of similar terms. At the end of the day, what we're looking for, what we desire as human beings is to live a good life. To live a good life. But what exactly is a good life? Because good life could mean one thing to someone and something completely different to another person. So what exactly do I mean when I say good life? So I put up an Instagram poll a few weeks back. I said, define what it means to you to live a good life. Do you want to know some of the answers? So there's a plethora of answers. Some oddballs. I filtered them out. Keep it clean and PG. But here were the top seven. The top seven things we believe we need to live a good life. Number one is health. Not necessarily being ripped or jacked like me, but <laughs> just good health. Healthy mind, a healthy heart, a healthy body. Number two would be happiness. To be happy, to be joyful. Number three would be meaningful relationships. Relationships that have depth, that have meaning. Number four would be a sense of purpose. A sense of knowing why I'm here. Number five would just be financial security. To know that we're financially stable. To know that we're able to move where we need to move. To, to, to be able to bless somebody who needs to be blessed. Growth and development is the next one. To know we're be, being able to grow and develop in skills. And the last but not, sleep, and the last but not least... Uh, number seven, to contribute to society, to bring value to the world. Those are the seven things that we seem to desire as human beings. It's not sinful or wrong to desire these things. I would argue that God has designed us in a way that we long for these things by default, by design. I would even go further to argue that Jesus' desire is for us to have these things. Call me prosperity preacher. Call me prosperity preacher. But this is what he said. He said this in John 10, 10. He said, I have come that you may live life and have it to the full. So, so if our desire for the good life isn't wrong or isn't sinful, then the bigger question here is, why is it difficult to maintain all of these aspects. Because if I'm honest, I'm, I'm pretty good at meaningful relationships. But I struggle to find joy when facing trial. I'm excellent when it comes to the gym. I'm there five times a week. 
But when it comes to contributing to society, coming to serving, my heart just isn't there. I'm financially set. I've got enough money to bless people. But my relationship seems to be lacking depth. I feel like I'm serving too much. I feel like I'm contributing to society so much. And I wake up anxious and depressed. I'm in great health. I'm physically healthy. I'm mentally healthy. My relationships are fruitful. But I am broke. No matter who you are or where you are in life, no one has or has had all the ducks in a row or all those boxes checked off to physically attain the good life. Which begs the bigger question. Is the good life one of physical desire? Or is the good life one of spiritual desire? Is the good life temporary? Or is the good life eternal? Can an eternal desire be fulfilled with temporary gratification? Can an eternal desire be filled with temporary gratification? The psalmist writes in Psalm 103, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He says it twice. Twice he addresses the soul. Note that. Because the the eternal soul thirsts for living water. The eternal soul craves to be satisfied. He addresses the soul twice. And then the rest he he addresses once. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. And all the surfers said, get pitted. Get pitted. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. If he satisfies us with good things. If he satisfies us with good things. Church, can, can we satisfy ourselves with bad things? Can we satisfy ourselves with bad things? It's easier to fill an eternal craving with temporary satisfaction than it is to fill it with eternal life. Eternal cravings require eternal food. Eternal cravings require patience. Eternal cravings require death to self. Jesus says, for whoever wants to save their life must lose it. But whoever loses their life, for me, will find it. Whoever loses their life, for me, we'll find it. Jesus, what did you just say? What, what do you mean? Like, I thought if I wanted more life, I'd search for more life. 
I thought if I wanted more life, I'd, I'd search for more happiness. I thought if I wanted more life, I'd, I'd search for more money, more relationships, more purpose, more growth. Jesus, so, so you're saying if I want more life, I must die? I'm not sure where, where you're going with this, Lord. I'm not so sure what you mean by this. How you go about your teachings. Maybe we, maybe, Jesus, maybe we can rephrase how, you, how you're phrasing everything. We could really capitalize on this. Like, well, there's a self-help market. We can really, like, Barnes and Noble could get this. We just need to change the order of things. Okay, maybe, maybe uh, rather than uh, if you want life, die. Maybe if, if you lose your life and have lost your life, you can find it again through me. That sounds better. That would sell. Jesus is like, but the first come last, and the last come first. Jesus, I like that, but, but if, we just change, if we just reorder it a little bit, how about, how about um, it's okay to be last place, but with me, you'll be first place. How about this? No, nobody has said this before. How about, how about started from the bottom, now we're here. That would sell. That would sell. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. And Jesus says, how about those who humble themselves will be exalted? And those who exalt themselves will be humble. Okay, Jesus, I think I see what you're doing here. I think I get it. So, I, so if I want to be exalted... I have to humble myself. If, if I want to reach the peak, because I, like, I want to reach the peak of the mountain. Jesus, I want to be right there. I want to be right at the, at, literally right at the peak, right at the tip of the mountain. That's where I want to be, the tip of the mountain, the tip of the mountain, the tip of the mountain. I like that, tip, tip of the mountain. That could be an acronym. That could be an acronym, TIP. <laughs> TIP, T, T, what does T stand for? T must stand for task. Task. Surely the, the tasky stuff I do is to humble myself, right? If I do more tasks, then, then I must appear more humble. Task. What's next? I got this. I got it. Jesus, I know where you're coming from. Task. Uh, the next thing I could be identity. Who am I? Clearly who I am comes from what I do, right? Clearly that's, that's how it's meant to be. Who I am is what I do. So what I'm doing for you, God, is who I am. I've got it. I've sold it. Identity. P must be for purpose. Purpose. My purpose is clearly in my, the task that I do. That makes sense, right? My purpose is to do tasks. I am what I do. And I do because I'm humble. That seems right. 
Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will be not taken away from her. Our souls hunger for the good portion. Our souls hunger for the good life. But is the good life found in doing? Is the good portion found in working towards something? Band, I'm going to need you. Band, I'm going to need you right now because the Spirit's about to be unleashed. (laughs) Spirit is about to be unleashed. (laughs) Is the good portion found in working towards something? Jesus, I'll be in your presence once I get this thing done. Once I get this task done, Lord, then I'll, then I'll come to your feet. I want to be in your presence, but right now I've just got stuff that I need to do. There's a lot going on in my life, Jesus. I want to spend time with you. Just give me an hour or two to get my life together because I don't want you to sit in my mess. You see, we, we desire the right thing, but we're anxious because we seek in the wrong order. We ask the right questions. Just we ask them in the wrong order. The wrong order. You know when you're driving, before you start driving off, you put your seatbelt on, right? You don't drive and then you put your seatbelt on afterwards, otherwise you failed your driving test. There's a reason why there is order. It isn't to steal from you. It isn't to make driving less fun. It's to prevent something awful from happening. The order in which things are is just as important. The order isn't to ruin your experience. It's to prevent unnecessary harm. You ever built IKEA furniture and just figure, you know, it's just scrap Scrap the rules. You realize you got a couple spare pieces. You're like, wow, they blessed me with some extras. Put that thing up and then you put your TV on it and it falls apart. There's an order to which we do things not to steal from you. To give you a better experience. What was that thing Jesus said again? He said, he said, um, He said, to take the lowest seat of the table, he said, those who humble themselves will be exalted. Those who exalt themselves will be humble. The first come last and the last come first. What What if Jesus had been telling us something this entire time? What if everything we're looking for, life and life to the full, wasn't exactly where we thought it would be. It wasn't in the heights. It's not in the heights. It's not in the tip of the mountain. It's not in our achievements. The good life isn't found at the tip of the mountain. But what if the good life was found in the pit of the valley? What if the good life was found in the pit of the valley? What if we'd been going about it the wrong way round? 
Is this an acronym for something? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? Oh God, my purpose is so evident when I'm in your presence. In your presence, Lord, my purpose becomes so obvious. Who am I? God, my identity is found in you. Lord, when I have intimacy with you, I become more like you. Identity is formed in intimacy. I no longer do tasks, but I get to do. I get to do. It's no longer a task, but God, now I know who I am. I know who you've designed me to be. Whatever I put my hand to, Lord, I will do it as unto you. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Oh, what a privilege and an honor it is to partner with you, oh God. You have set me up for success. You won't fail. You never fail. Even when I don't feel like it, I speak faith and I declare that you have given me all I need. Isn't it interesting that we run straight into tasks? Believing that what we do brings value to who we are. Friend, God won't send you to do before letting you know who you are. I'm not climbing anymore. I'm starting in his presence. I'm starting in his presence. The beginning of humility isn't in his tasks. The beginning of humility is in his presence. The pit was not where I wanted, where I thought it was going to be. My pride told me that there was nothing of value down there. But now I know. Now I know. When I seek his presence first, when I seek his face first, when I sit at his feet first, anxiety flees, depression lifts. In the pit, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Isn't he good? You've been listening to the C3 Los Angeles podcast. If you found today's message helpful, we encourage you to share it with a friend and consider rating it. If you'd like more information about our church or details on how to get connected to a neighborhood group, head to c3losangeles.com. We love you. Thanks for tuning in with us.